Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. We're starting. Welcome back, everybody, to Wrestling Inc. It is the Wrestling Inc. podcast every Wednesday here, noon Eastern, on the Wrestling Inc. YouTube channel. I am the managing editor, Nick Hausman, and we've got an all-star panel here for you today talking all the news and breaking down SmackDown. First, to the left side of my screen is uh, our own Justin LaBar. Justin, welcome back. Nick, thanks. Always good to be back. Yes, and uh, to the right of me on my screen, my boss, the man who keeps it all going here, it's Raj Geary. Raj, welcome back to your podcast <laughs> thanks guys how's it going <laughs> um well let's get to it you know i was gonna uh we, we always talk smackdown live here on wednesdays and we're gonna talk some news too uh but i i wanted to start the show off by sending out my thoughts to the family the friends of jose lothario i'm a kid i grew up a kid in texas um sean michaels and jose lothario were gigantically impactful on me the whole build up to wrestlemania uh, i think it was 12 sean and brett where Sean was out in Jose's barn, climbing ropes, doing upside-down push-ups. Uh, I will never forget that. He was just a really cool figure uh, for me as a child, and uh, he will be sorely missed. Uh, Raj, any thoughts on the passing of Jose Lothario? Yeah, I mean, uh, he, he passed away at the age of 83. Um, you know, uh, like you, I, I actually wasn't that familiar with Jose Lothario until WrestleMania 12 and that build uh, mm -hmm. when he was used in, you know, those training videos with Sean. He was in Sean's corner. Uh, for a while, he was uh, in his corner in, during that match, and and then even later when they did the match with him and Sid at the Royal Rumble at the wow. Alamo Dome, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, uh, it's a, you know he's a, a legend in in the sport and uh, definitely a legend in Texas wrestling. So mm -hmm. uh, definitely our condolences for his family. Um, but he, you know he's definitely uh, left an impact. He's not in the Hall of Fame, is he, Justin? I don't think Jose's been inducted. No, he's not in the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, but like you guys said, you know, and Nick, you, know, you and I are about the same age. You know, I, I can remember fondly 1996. You know, uh, growing up, uh, you know, it was a big year. Obviously, it's when the Monday Night Wars really, really went into full effect with the NWO. And so I, I remember that year very vividly. And I, of course, you know, as we said, Jose was um, in Sean's corner for I think pretty much all of his pay per view fights that he had from from WrestleMania 12 until uh, right around into 97. So very memorable in Sean's run there. Um, kind of weird irony dark irony you know unfortunately his passing just a few days after sean returned to the ring after an eight-year absence yeah um, you know so just you know weird no, obviously one does not mean anything to the other so i don't want anybody to take anybody to misinterpret whatever i'm trying to say i'm just saying it's not time but yeah, yeah. um rest in peace absolutely um and uh yeah obviously like sean was so flamboyant my that was the thing i like about Jose lothario he brought like a real sense of gravity i thought to a very flamboyant playboy type character there so he yeah, be, it was like his dad was with was with him, and he had to tone it down a little bit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll never forget that. Anyway, uh, Did, didn't they do? Didn't they do a match? Didn't they do? Didn't Cornette fight Jose in a match? That year? I think that you are correct. I I don't think that Jose Lothario got out of WWE unscathed by not having to do some ridiculous match. Yeah, yeah. didn't he take a a bump or something from Sid too? He took uh, uh, like he I got hit by the the camera at the Rumble, right? At the Rumble, Sid took him out, didn't he? I think well, I think he did Sean with the camera. Okay, yeah, I think he did. I think Sid did bump him. I remember, um, I remember Sid bumping him. I and I and I, like I said, I think I'm pretty sure he did a match against Cornette. I think Cornette was managing Vader at the time, and Cornette was wearing this ridiculous red like spandex outfit. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I think somebody, I think somebody else did bump him too. I don't know. I think Brett I did I don't during. Did, didn't during their match like he got thrown outside the ring and uh, yeah, during the WrestleMania 12 match? I, I, I remember him getting thrown and and. I think Sean hit Lothario or Brett hit Lothario 
and Lothario wasn't selling and Brett kind of yelled at him and then he started selling. So anyway, there was uh Brett, yeah. Brett yelled Brett yelled at selling was four out of ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I gave it a yeah. four out of ten. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Diesel bumped him too because in that in that April match, the good friends. But oh no, no, that was when he pulled out Vashon's leg. It wasn't Jose. Never mind. Right, right. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, I guess we. I you know I just kind of wanted to touch up, but man, it really just kind of ripped a memory uh, cap off of all three of us there. Uh, what a what a loss! And uh, yeah, he was like the Stu Hart. He was like the Stu Hart to Sean that that Stu was to Brett. You know. Yeah, uh, and I was I was at that Rumble uh, at the Alamo Dome. I believe that was ninety uh, six. And uh, yeah. yeah, I remember how much uh, in the news when they were talking about the match, how much uh, they would mention Jose. Like he was, he was almost mentioned more than Sean, you know, in in the buildup, just because he's a legend in that area. And and Sean, that's when WWE was kind of on the uh, kind of on a downswing in popularity, and and they were just giving away tickets at like the Taco Bells and stuff out in San Antonio. But yeah, Jose Lothario, he he was uh, he was all over in the news about that match. Yeah, Nick, you, you you compared him as he was like kind of like Sean Stewart. We're gonna have to get Bruce Pritchard on because I, we have to find out the truth. I we ha- I have to believe that he said that that Vince probably has some pitch in that year. We'll have Stu and Brett or Sean and Jose. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure the idea crossed his mind for sure. Oh yeah, I, you know Jose can. I'm sure Jose and Stu could probably put on a better match than you know a lot of the guys. I mean, these are shooters that we've got here. You know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> a shamrock in Severin. Um, oh, sorry, my phone's not muted. All right, like I said, I was just gonna send some well wishes out, but the well wishes turned into a whole opening segment here, which is fine. I'm okay with that. So, uh, let's get to it here, though. Uh, last night was SmackDown, first SmackDown since Crown Jewel. It was on a pre-tape. Um, I don't, I don't know if this is a good thing to say out loud because I have my boss here, but. I try to avoid spoilers on these shows and like, it's really hard to like do my job while at the same time, like tiptoeing around, like not having the show uh, spoil for me. It, it takes a lot from me when it's pre-taped and I know everything coming. Um, how does that affect, how does that affect you guys? I'll start with you, Justin. Well, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I despise taped shows. I mean, I, I, it, I despise SmackDown for so many years because it was a tape show, not because the, not because the performers weren't, you know, adequate. Um, you know, so yeah, these are tough. Like I, I'm, I'm, I, I will say, I'll, I will say this in front of Raj. I did make a point not to go to the website uh, <laughs> from, from the afternoon on because, because I didn't know, I didn't want to see a headline that was going to like tip, you know, tip me off, you know? So I, I wanted to try to enjoy it. Um, sure. Yeah. Cause the, the, the tape, the tape shows really, really do. I'm a big proponent of, if it's live, you really just don't know anything is truly possible. Um, but when it's taped, you know nothing's going to be truly possible because they will they will package it the way they need it to be packaged. Uh, mm-hmm. How about you, Raj? Did you avoid your own website? <laughs> <laughs> no, unfortunately, I knew a lot of the stuff that was happening. But uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with Justin. It, when it's taped, and, and especially when you kind of have to know what's going on, it uh, it does take away a lot from the show. I think it being election night also took away a lot. Uh, you know, it's that's a distraction, you know, constantly going on in the background. Um, so yeah, in a lot of ways, it was hard to get into. But I, I, you know, one of the things I've felt about SmackDown in a while is that it's easy to watch, but it's not like uh, I wouldn't say it's exciting. It's it's a fun show. It's fine. It's uh, it's better than Raw on most weeks. But it, there's not anything where you're like, oh my god, you know, there, you know, like. Uh, Mysterio versus almost tonight. It's you know, it's, it's more like oh, they're they're giving away this match for free as opposed to doing a good build up and uh, and and being a real feud. So, I, I, I the way I felt during a lot of the show wasn't that much different than any other week. But yeah, it, it definitely did take away with it being taped. There was something about SmackDown One Thousand. They were they were rocking and rolling, and then that week they kind of threw the the typical format out the window to do a more raw. Uh, historical type show and after the coming out of that i, I don't know i like the becky is not touching gloves with ronda yet so i guess that doesn't have the spark you know the ms brian thing is just become a mess that could have been the easiest story to tell mess um anyway we'll get to it we got a whole show to talk about here the downside is pre-tape the upside is they're in front of a hot manchester England crowd at the Manchester Arena. We've got uh, Tom Phillips uh, welcoming us to the show. Corey Graves and Byron Saxon are alongside him. We go out to the ring. Greg Hamilton's out there. He brings out GM Page. Uh, she comes out to a big pop. 
how can you not, Paige, in the UK. Uh, Paige gives England a shout-out, uh, introduces SmackDown Commissioner Shane McMahon as the fans start to boo him for his controversial World Cup title win. And the, tr- the trophy's at ringside. He said that it's everybody's trophy. And I don't think that people wanted to take credit for that, you know? That's the other tough thing about that's the other tough thing about these tape shows is that it, it um, you know I, I don't know I don't know how dislike Shane actually is or if, or what 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 is audio you know what is audio edited booze that they're in, <laughs> inserting in post production because uh, it seems like they are pushing us in the direction where he's going to have a heel turn um, you know but I don't know I, I I'm, I'm I'm I I hear booze but I'm looking at the crowd and I don't really see anybody doing anything. <laughs> I think it was. He was just like, I. We all are sharing this trophy, and people are like, "No, I don't, I don't want any stock in that." You know? Yeah, I agree. I think it was legit. I don't know how loud it was because Shane was looking around, looking like he was acting surprised by the crowd reaction. So, and I like that he didn't cut a full heel promo. I hate when someone's a babyface one week and the next week their personality is completely different. I like more the the subtle changes when there's a reason why they turn, and. Uh, and the personality is not completely different. So I, I, I like the way they did this. Um, I, I thought it was absolutely stupid that he's ta- he's holding this trophy and he's talking about how Survivor Series is the, what's the tagline? The one night a year when Raw and SmackDown meet in head-to-head competition when he's holding a trophy that he beat a Raw guy for just days earlier. So it's like, it's not the one time of the year. I mean, that's there's proof right there. There's the Royal Rumble. There's money in the bank. Um and you're holding a trophy to remind us that that's not the case. But because outside of that, um, I thought this this segment was fine. As if he's thumbing his nose to hypocrisy. I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah. I cannot believe that. Can you point out all the storyline holes right now? Is, is kind of what he's asking the fans. <clears throat> uh, Paige says we need a trophy photo op. Yeah, since Shane is the best in the world. And the fans boo and they start to chant for CM Punk. Um, a photographer takes a shot of Shane posing in the ring with the cup. Shane takes the mic. He asks what's up, but he gets get, he's still getting booed. Uh, he thanks Paige for flattering, flattering him with the introduction, but he wants to set the record straight that with all the talent they have in WWE, he is not the best in the world. Now, he's flip-flopping here from heel to face, moment to moment. Um, Shane says the trophy doesn't belong to him. It belongs to everyone. And he says that he's acting on his instincts when The Miz got hurt and he took over to face Dolph Ziggler in the finals. He, ju- he was just thinking of SmackDown. And speaking of brand supremacy, we're going to close. We're getting close to Survivor Series. Shane and Paige go over to the matches. They talk about all, all the head-to-head bouts. The Authors of Pain match now taking uh, place against the bar. Music hits, and out comes Daniel Bryan. Bunch of yes chants here. I'll breeze through this real quick. Uh, fans chant for Bryan. He thanks them. He thanks Shane for humbly admitting he's not the best in the world. Bryan says Shane deserves another round of applause for that, and Bryan says he's honored that Paige and Shane have picked him to be the men's team captain. Uh, Miz makes his way out uh, back and forth here. Uh, Miz says that technically two-thirds of that trophy is his because he got all the way through. Miz goes on about his injury, how he's never gotten injured, the crown jewel decision. Says his ankle's fine. If anyone deserves to be champion, it's him. Uh, There is a yes chant that breaks out. Shane says that based on Miz's performance at World Cup, he's right. So Shane says Miz will be the team captain. Miz leads a yes chant and taunts Brian. And Shane says he and Paige just discussed. And Brian will also be a team captain. So co-team captain's the odd couple here. That's how we wrap it up. Uh, Raj, uh, I don't know. How do you think they, the way they kind of put together this men's Survivor Series team for SmackDown at the top of the show? Yeah, you know, they've been doing the captain thing since since the beginning with the Survivor Series, right? And they've never once shown what that means. Like, what does it mean to be a captain? They're not training these guys. They're not doing, they're not doing anything. They're just the biggest star on the team is really what it comes down to. And it, it, it'd be kind of nice if, you know, they show the, the co-captains actually working with the rest of the team to you know, whatever, get them on the same page or or doing something so that there's a reason why you have captains for these teams. But that being said, I thought uh, I was entertained by the Shane, uh, I mean, uh, the uh, the Miz, Daniel Bryan stuff that uh, throughout the show, I thought it was thought it was amusing. I thought they were both great. Um, it didn't it didn't seem too too forced, too scripted, even though obviously it is. But I think they're both so good in their roles that it it came across as just this odd couple pairing, and and uh, I, I thought it was really good. I don't know, Justin. What, what do you agree? Disagree with that? The, the the whole promo and segment I didn't enjoy per se, but I'm fine with the result of the whole co-captain thing. And kind of, you know, I, I, I do I do I, like Rush said. I did think the odd couple stuff did play off well last night. 
you know, I think they could have even gone a step further and could have had like maybe like almost like a jer- like a like a letter C that gets put on their jersey, like you know, and on, on their clothes. And I could see them fighting over that or something. I mean, I, I think it's fine, you know. We, and we've seen Dan O'Brien; he has good comedy chops with the odd couple stuff. Just look at his stuff with Kane, obviously, uh, from years ago. So I'm fine with it, um, especially if it's a way to kind of keep them, you know, with each other, but obviously separate them and, until maybe in a, a, a mania match or whatever down the line that uh, could happen. Uh, but I'm, I'm fine with it. But like Rush said, I think he made a good point. Uh, it would be a nice new layer they could do one year if they could actually make, you know, let the captain thing mean something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I had an idea the other day, you know, everybody talks about how, how do these Survivor Series teams mean anything. Uh, what if the winners, the winners of the winning team, there's three guys left on the team, they face off for some kind of future opportunity or something like that. The guys that don't get eliminated, you know, you could you could spin it off into that, give it some kind of stakes. But I agree, yeah. there's something lacking in that Survivor Series concept now. I I, I agree with that completely because I've, I've I've said for years now that I think Survivor Series that is such an outdated concept. You know, in 1990, it was a big deal when you when you had all these big stars together and you know but now in this day and age where you have weekly television uh weekly live television and the amount of pay-per-views and and and, and tag matches are pretty common they're, they're an easy way to get through a main event of raw or smackdown it's just an outdated concept i think money in the bank has moved itself into being number four in terms of the big four uh even though survivor series is one of the foundations there they still refer to it as the big four but um it's an outdated concept i agree Nick. do something where okay if you're part of the winning team and you didn't get eliminated then um, you, maybe maybe you get some reward in terms of your entry number for at Royal Rumble wise. Something, anything. Yeah. Or or how about this? Um, because Nick, you know your idea. Remember, they kind of used to do that back in like 1990, where all the winners from the Survivor Series matches. I think they did like once or twice, and then the faces were on one side and the heels were on the other, and they did like oh. one final one. But there were still no stakes. Why not do the winning team since it's Raw versus SmackDown? The winning team gets a, a pick from the other the other brand. You know, so then that creates uh, intrigue for the, you know, who they're going to pick after that, who gets the pick. And if you have two survivors, you get two picks. If yeah. you have the winning team has four survivors, they get four picks. And then you actually have stakes because I, you know, Justin, I agree. I think it's an outdated concept. An elimination match is nothing special anymore. A Royal Rumble, we saw with the greatest Royal Rumble, it means nothing without that WrestleMania title shot, without, uh, without stakes to it. And the one year that the Survivor Series where I felt like there was a lot of interest was, was that three years ago when Sting came in? And, um, and, and they had that, that stipulation that if the faces win, then Stephanie and, and Triple H were gone. And, and yeah. that created a lot, you know, a lot of intrigue for that match, even though Stephanie and Triple H were back a few weeks later. But um, yeah, without the stakes, it, it, it just doesn't mean anything. And we may and we may get something like that. I feel like with Corbin, you know, there I know that the the plans kind of got thrown out the window a little bit, but there's still some animosity with Corbin and Angle, and I could see some kind of side better stakes being thrown on top of this one. Um, not out of the question. But getting back to the the Brian Miz stuff, um, I it's just it doesn't it it makes me sad, right? Like you both describe it as fine, right? <laughs> it works, you know, they'll they'll be okay with it. I mean, this is a blood feud, right? Yeah, it, sh- it should be, yeah. It should be a blood feud. Um, there's the old catchphrase, funny doesn't equal money, right? In wrestling, necessarily, right. these two guys are money players. These two guys are capable of working higher up on the card and keeping that animosity real. And instead, you got them chuckle yucking next to each other. And it doesn't work for me, you know? I, I, I agree with that completely. You know, if, if they did a Connor khabib rematch and then... Uh, at the press conferences, they're sitting next to each other, joking with each other. How much would that take out of that rematch, right? Yeah. You, you, the, when you think that they hate each other and you've had this feud for a long time and now they're doing backstage stuff, but that's just kind of what they've relegated Daniel Bryan to. I feel like he's kind of out of the main event. He's out of the main slot uh, for a while. Um, Miz, you know, Miz might get there because they need someone in, you know, to, to feud with AJ as a placeholder. But you, th- you think Bryan's out of it because he didn't go to Saudi? I think he was kind of out of it anyway. It just you see how they've been pushing him. I think he was going to lose to AJ at Saudi, but I don't think that that did him any favors. I think him tapping to AJ cleanly and then getting choked out by Samoa Joe afterwards kind of showed that they were it, he was being punished a little bit. And I I, I think you're I, this to me honestly didn't feel like they missed a beat, right? Like they may have done the exact same thing if he'd have gone to Saudi Arabia anyway, right? I mean, because my prediction if they'd have done the bout was that Miz was going to somehow cost Daniel Bryan the match and they could very well wind up right here where they are right now, you know, at each yeah. other 
tickling each other's funny bones or whatever they're doing right now. Um, so anyway, all right, we we're moving on here. That was just the opening part of the show. <laughs> yeah. Still to come, still to come tonight. We're going to have Ray Mysterio taking on Andrade C and Almas. Uh, and also we're going to get the new day, uh, versus the Usos with some survivor series implications going on. Uh, back from the break, the Miz is arguing with Daniel Bryan. Shane McMahon interrupts and says he needs a team to bring this home. He says he needs everyone to be comfortable, but Miz and Bryan make everyone uncomfortable. He says they also bring out the best in each other, and that's what he needs. Miz and Bryan both say Shane can count on them. He says they have to pick the other three members before the night is over. Miz has his his first pick tonight, Shane. And Shane tells him not to suck up. It's not time. Bryan interrupts, and he says he can't believe he's saying this, but he agrees with Miz. It makes sense. Brian says Shane proved how much he cares about SmackDown at Crown Jewel, and Shane accepts the spot on the team and walks away. Miz says he will allow Brian to have the next pick, and Brian thanks him and walks off. What? Just weird. We'll get back to it. All right, New Day versus Usos here. Uh, jump right into it here. This is uh, another bout here between these two teams. I've seen a lot of action together. Justin, what did you think of the New Days and the Usos here? Oh, good match. I mean, I, 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 it's probably impossible for these individuals to have a bad match. They're all just so talented. They work together. Enough times, obviously, this chemistry, this familiarity, um, just, uh, I mean, just, just very reliable. Very, I mean, just very, 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 very reliable guys, very reliable match. You can put it on any show, any city, any day, and they're going to deliver. Yeah. Um, and after the match, uh, you know, we saw the bar backstage. They're watching the Usos celebrate. Uh, we go to this replay, but we come back, and the New Day looks on as the Usos stare them down. Jimmy takes the mic, says the two teams have been to hell and back several times, and the Usos say there is no SmackDown tag team division without them. And the new uh, and the new day, and the Usos select a new day to be the first members for their team SmackDown at Survivor Series, and the two teams embrace as the music starts back up. So there's another Survivor Series match, yes, that's not the one that we're talking about with the the Raw SmackDown men. So yeah, so this looks like it's the tag team. So I don't know if they're. I guess that means five tag teams on each side is kind of what it sounds like. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> they've, they've done it before. Sure. And, but... and where one member of the team, if they get eliminated, the, then both guys are out. Yeah, I don't know. Justin, what's going on here, buddy? Here, I'll look on top. Just like Raj said, they've done it before. I would assume that's what it's going to be. It's just a way, again, to, fit, to, to fill the Survivor Series moniker and to get people on the card. Yeah, um, but, but Nick, to you. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Justin. No, no, I, I, I don't really have much more to say. I mean, I, I'll be honest. It, 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 I can tell you right now, even though we don't even know all the participants, I won't really care at all about it. This will be the match that I will tune out to. That's yeah, the it. fact that we, you know, Tammy in the in the chat is pointing out that they did the, the say there's going to be five, uh, five on each. Tammy, is that? Please let me know if that's five teams or five men. Five men doesn't make any sense. So I'm guessing five teams. I, I'm going here on uh, the wwe.com five on five tag team traditional survivor series match so rhino he's because rod do they have five tag teams right now you got you got aop um chad gable and bobby rude the ascension the b team and i guess you could throw heath slater and, and rhino in there um phew. Uh, well, at least SmackDown will win one match. That I mean, they should they should be taking that one. But yeah, I mean, to your point, they just kind of throw it out there. They don't mention they don't you know they don't make it a big deal that they're doing this tag team uh, match. And again, that would be great if the stip was whoever wins that they get to pick one tag team from the other brand. Um, it would it would make it way more interesting. Although SmackDown kind of has a cream of the lot with tag teams right now. So the bar the bar as well. Yeah, and the two best the bars on SmackDown. I should say oh. the two best, but two of the bigger ones, the bar and AOP, they're already tied up in another tag match. You know, like at least if the right. tag champions were the captains of the tag teams, you know, I don't know. Yeah. This caught me so off guard. I had to like rewatch it and then read it. I was like, what's going we what? What's yeah. happening right now? You know? And that's and that's my thing. You have these long matches for at least they had some sort of step for it. Um, that sometimes you, even long matches that are good, if there's no reason for it. I, it's, it just feels like you're killing time, even, no matter even if it's good. And, and the Usos and New Day are always going to have good matches, but I didn't care who who was the captain of the tag team, you know, at Survivor Series. Uh, we then go uh, backstage. Miz is on the phone talking about doing media next week for the release of the Marine Six, featuring him, Becky Lynch, and Shawn Michaels. Sounds we like have, we will have an exclusive clip from the Marine Six uh, early next week. There you go. Hop on it. Okay. And it sounds like his agent informs him that the talk shows want another star. They want Becky Lynch to talk to from the movie. And Daniel Bryan walks up and he says he's picked Ray Mysterio to be on Team SmackDown. And 
Miz says Ray is a future WWE Hall of Famer, but he's done nothing since coming back. And that's when Brian points out that, well, Ray's beat Orton, he's beat Nakamura, and he's beaten you too. Miz says it was a fluke, just like Brian's win at Super Showdown. And, ha- and he says if Ray impresses him tonight in his match against Andrade Cien almost, then they can have the then he can have the spot. And Brian agrees and has an idea for the final member of the team. Instead of he and Miz fighting backstage, they will select two superstars to battle it out in the ring. Miz agrees and walks off. And there we go. So the tease here, Ray Mysterio may or may not be on the team. More back and forth here with uh, Daniel Bryan and, and the Miz. Can I can I just point out how many how they've just completely wasted Almas? You know, he seemed like such a sure thing coming from NXT. Him and Zelina Vega. Zelina Vega uh, wasn't there. She had suffered a concussion at Evolution. Uh, PW Insider reported that. Um, so they're they're keeping her out as a precaution. But um, they were such a hot act, and now he's just. He's he's just there to put people over. I mean, I think everyone thought like Ray and Andrade Cien Almas, that's a money feud. That's going to be something huge. And here it is just on free TV with no build. Well, I have opinions about Andrade here, but I'm going to save him from the main event. But Justin, do you want to do you want to chime in on this? Uh, well, I mean, I can agree with Raj. I mean, Almas is kind of, you know, I mean, he's been a lot of good matches. But he's just losing to everybody, you know, Um again but it's 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 we have to stop we have to stop comparing we have to stop with the you know you and i were tweeting about this about the expectation of what you have an expectation of nxt and what you're going to do with raw smackdown it's just uh right it's just it's it's, it's a whole different it's 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 essentially a whole different game yeah and that's why i'm not that excited to see the velveteen dream and and some of these guys that a lot of people are assuming uh, are going to be big on the main roster because you beat them Real quick, early on, they lose being special, and um, and you just see what, what's happening to so many guys. I, I Velveteen, you know, I think Lars Sullivan is someone I see Vince pushing right off the bat. But outside of that, there's no one that's a sure thing in NXT on the main roster, in my opinion. I I don't know EC3 to me. I think is going to take that main roster like a fish to water. He he reminds me so much of Elias, where it's like eh, it doesn't really click with the NXT crowd. But man, you're going to drop Monroe or SmackDown, and I think he's going to. I think he's going to be a money player. Yeah, I, I, I put him at number two. Yeah. Uh, we come back. Uh, uh, we got SmackDown Women's Champion Becky Lynch coming out to the ring. Um, and she is going to. Did you laugh at me? Oh, no. Someone in the chat wrote, No way Jose still feels special. So sorry. I was like, What did I do? <laughs> oh, sorry. It's really the next segment. Um, Becky Lynch comes out. Uh, she's going to address Ronda Rousey here ahead of their Survivor Series bout. She says Rhonda warned her that she is the last woman on earth to provoke, but Becky wonders who the hell is Rousey to tell the champ what to do. Becky says Rousey is no champion because she hasn't even been tested yet. A fan chants, you're the man, and Becky agrees. Becky says she is the man, and that's why she's the champ, and Rousey isn't. Becky says Rousey's titanium body will be let down by her weak mind when she meets the man at Survivor Series. Becky goes on and says she is the most relentless person Rousey has ever met. Becky says Rousey mocked her on Raw last night for the journey she's taken and the job she chose to help her pave her way. Becky says no, she is not like Rousey, but here she is. Fans chant Becky's name now, and Becky says she wasn't meant to be in the main event, but here she is. She wasn't meant to be the talk of the entire industry, but here she is, the champ, the only champ. Becky raises the title. She says Rousey thinks... She should be happy because she has Rousey's respect, but Rousey will find out that she isn't coming for Rousey's uh, find find out that she isn't coming for Rousey's arm at Survivor Series. She's coming for her arm. Becky says she doesn't care if Rousey is the baddest bitch on the planet because she will make Rousey, Rousey her bitch at Survivor Series. Becky raised the title. Fans chant for her. She says she's gotten herself all fired up. She asks if anyone in the back wants to get her arm mangled now or wants to get their arm mangled now. Before we get to this awesome debut here in just a second, I want to. Uh, I want to put over Becky here. I thought this was a markedly better promo than last week. I don't, I don't know why there was just a, a sense of confidence. Maybe it was the UK crowd that was behind her last week. I know there were, we, we want Rhonda chance, but I, I thought this was a, an improvement. Justin. Yeah, it was a good promo. You know, it, it's both her and Rousey have gotten so personal. Obviously both have been, both have been monologues. We haven't seen them in the same, same, you know, segment doing the promo together. Um, getting very, you know, Rhonda talked about her upbringing and, 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 and you know, made a personal comment about her mom. And uh, like, so I, it's gone well. I do want to see, I don't want to see them, they can hold the physicality until the match. That's fine. I love it when, I love it when WWE is actually able to preserve and hold the physicality until the match. Um, I would like to see maybe 
you know, next week on Raw. I would like to see them at least in the same place one time. Almost maybe do it, maybe do a little MMA spinoff. Almost like a, a weigh-in or something like that. Let, let, let them do like the pose. Let them get nose to nose. Maybe some people have to separate them. I, I would like just to see them one time in frame together just to kind of get the, the blood boiling even more. But yes, very good promo by Becky. Yeah, Raj, any thoughts on, on what Becky said here? Yeah, you know, I think Becky, I think she's great on these promos. I think, you know, her calling herself the man, I get it. To be the man, you got to beat the man. She, you know, she beat Charlotte. Um, it, it, it's not doing anything for me. I think it just comes off as, as kind of odd. Um, but the the promo she's, get, you know, she's given, how she, this wasn't meant to happen. And, uh, you know, she, she was overlooked. Really, you can say that about pretty much every woman on the roster other than um, Charlotte and Ronda Rousey, right? They're just kind of, you know, used in, as tag team partners and, you know, not really given much of a push. Um, and, and, and you know, so she's delivering this promo that anyone can use, but she says it with such um, authenticity, I guess, that you believe it and you you, you buy into it and, and it, it comes off as... Uh, as like she's the one that's been buried by the company this whole time and 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 fought through it and and overcame it so um i love it and you know i hope they don't turn her you know she's a baby face with the crowd but she's doing these you know wwe heel promos i i hope that they when they eventually just go baby face with her that, that she doesn't change her promo styles and 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 her attitude and, and what's you know working with the crowd right right now and just start delivering you know bubblegum happy promos because this is what's connecting and her character is connecting just if you turn her baby face just don't have her you know uh teaming with heels have her teaming with baby faces uh that should be the only change but keep her character as it is yeah. but i liked it yeah, as it is, and I don't think that she necessarily is a definitive heel or baby face. She's like very much a gray area character right now, and I th and you know there really aren't a whole lot of them in WWE. There was a time when everybody was gray, and it just kind of faded to black. But well, in WWE land, she's you know when they do the six man tags and stuff like that at the house show, she's on the heel, you know, on the heel side. But, but they cheer know. her, right? Of course. I mean, they cheered Braun when he was a heel. That. Not you as know. much though. They people soured on Braun because he was acting like a dick, and he was working with Ziggler and and McIntyre there. They're no, no, no. I I met the first earlier this year. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. That's a different uh, Braun. That's a different Braun. Different conversation. Um. Well, here came my my highlight for the show. Uh, the debut of Nikki Cross out of nowhere, uh, answering the challenge. Sanity is back on TV just in time for the Purge finale. Um. And uh, yeah, Nikki comes out. A uh, bit of back and forth. On the microphone here, Becky calls her NXT's twisted sister and asks who she thinks she is uh, interrupting the champ. Nikki snatches the mic and says she wants to play with Becky. Uh, Cross wants to play, so there we go. We get into the match here. Um, very cool visual, obviously, in, in Nikki Cross's backyard here in, in Manchester, England. Huge reaction. Uh, Justin, do you think this is a permanent move for Nikki to the main roster, or do you think this was something that was just done to pop the UK fans? I mean, I tend to believe it's a permanent move. Uh, it'd be kind of be rare to have it, you know, to to put her against the, the your champion, um, and then only for her then to not, you know, to, to go back to NXT. I I don't know. It, it was a, it was very cool. The visual was cool. Um, the match was good. Everything about it was good. Uh, I really got to shake my head though because one, it's like okay, we haven't seen Sanity since when, and so all of a sudden they, it's all of a sudden because she's you know being reattached with them, they're, they're, like I don't know what that's supposed to mean. That's supposed to be a good thing. Also, you know when Sanity came to SmackDown and didn't have her, didn't have Nikki Cross with with them, I, I said that's probably the best thing for her because kind of similar to when Carmella stayed in NXT when Enzo and Cass went to Raw, which was you know. Uh, it allows you know more reps, more time, more more focus in NXT versus being just you know part of a stable uh, a stable which is very inconsistently featured on TV. So, uh, you know, if this is permanent, I'm not sure if that's a good thing for her. Well, I will but... say I will say that I thought it was interesting that um, we're at a point now where the men I don't want to say riding their coattails, but the men are getting the bump here from working with a popular female character. There's definitely a turn in the tides here as far as interest goes, I think, uh, as far as gender interest. In, in well, did, did, right did, did anybody find it odd? Because I don't believe the rest of Sanity didn't stay out there at ringside. No, that match. But, but that's the thing is, like, they seem like the window dressing for Nikki. 
to me at least. Like I I'm interested in a Nikki pushing around her like drunk older brothers to like do her bidding kind of deal. I'm fine with that. I, I, I hope that she steps up as the featured act in Sanity and they build around her. Uh, um, but Nick, you got to remember the UK crowds are kind of like NXT crowds. Uh, Nikki Cross is not going to get that kind of reaction in, in Tulsa. And when they're back, you know, uh, back stateside, we see that every night after WrestleMania, the NXT people come in, they get these huge pops and then they're DOA a month later. Um, me and Justin, you know, when, when almost first faced AJ Styles, we had this discussion about, AJ being beat, I mean, uh, almost being beat right off the bat. And I'm like, man, once WWE gets used to beating you, this isn't WCW back in 1990 where having a good match with the champion uh, elevates you. When, once they're already used to beating you, it usually goes downhill from there. And we see would, it time and time again. I would, I would agree, but this is like a different case here for me. Becky is the hottest thing right now in women's wrestling at WWE, other than maybe Ronda Rousey, but very, very popular right now. I don't think it does a disservice to Nikki Cross to go in there and look competitive with Becky, which she absolutely did. I mean, she did lose via submission. But again, you know, a, a guard, Nikki Cross running back to her big bully brothers and uh, trying to, to mount some uh, offense or revenge. I'm willing to go down that rabbit hole and give it a shot. Whether or not they do it or not is a different thing. And I don't think it's going to be overnight. But I do think there's a dynamic there. I'm interested. In, I'd right? love to see it. I just see it time and t- this is just what I've seen time and time again with WWE. And you know, the, the same exact case can be made with almost an AJ Styles. AJ Styles is the best, you know, wrestler in the company. Very popular. Almost had a competitive match with him. So you would think, you know, again, you would think it'd be like Sting and Ric Flair back in '90 when you know they had a time limit draw, or when Sting, you know, Sting lost to Flair early in his career. It helped him. It elevated him, and they pushed him up. Uh, it, what we usually see in WWE is you get pushed down and um, we'll see. And Nikki cross. I don't, I just don't see her as someone that they push um, and, and sanity. I mean, I said it from before they, you know, they were on the main roster. I just don't see them as a main roster act. Uh, they might be back on TV for a little bit, but I think in a month they'll be back to where they were. I hope I'm wrong. Justin, Raj. I can tell you want to chime in, Justin. No, I was going to say Raj, maybe something he said sets maybe triggered a, a thought. Raj is very, very much correct about the, you know, the night after Mania and the NXT crowds. And, and that, that is just not a fair sample of reaction because <laughs> I was there live when No Way Jose made his <laughs> debut. And there was somebody sitting near me who was losing their mind of excitement. It meant so much to them that No Way Jose was coming out. Anytime, we are now. anytime you've got the gimmick where they're going to hire uh, two dozen indie workers to accompany you to the ring, I think is like a death sentence. Honestly, <laughs> I think that's just just say no. If you get pitched that, just no. Uh, if they're telling if they're telling you they're giving you the gimmick of something that died a, a, a quick death, turn it down as quickly as possible. We're going to give you all these people coming to the ring with you. It's going to be a hugely expensive entrance. And, of course, we're going to rally around you. You guys remember how awesome the Rosebuds were? Well, we're thinking about doing that with you. Dude, those Rose – I have so many wrestling friends that have been Rosebuds. And they they all – it's like a badge of honor. You know, they they got to be a Rosebud. Strowman was a Rosebud. I was going to say, Nick, I'm the same with you. I know so many people that have been Rosebuds uh, personally. And and not only is it a badge of honor, but it's kind of like – like you know you do get to be part of a fraternity that does have a few good graduates elias was a, a, a rosebud braun was a rosebud um zelina uh, you know yeah but there's been several then there's many more that we're forgetting in that but yeah it's it's that's a bad thing if you're in no way jose if you're an adam rose and they say okay we're gonna give you about two dozen indie workers every week to come to the ring with you basically i translate we're going to give you a lot of guys that are going to be having your spot on tv soon but they're going to come out to the ring with you as your lackeys for a few weeks Druid, another fraternity. Everyone who's been a druid, right? I know. I know somebody who was a druid at Mania twenty three, and they said, or yeah, yeah, whatever one was in Detroit, um, and they said it was one of the coolest. That's the one where they had all the five. They all had the torches, right? They've done that a lot of times. I think, yeah, they had that. Finn Balor was. he was in Triple H's entrance at the WrestleMania in Texas. I remember that. There was a bunch of NXT guys, but. That was a spooky one because that's where Triple H just like threw all caution to the wind and was like, I'm going to pile as much Illuminati alien symbolism into like (laughs) place. Just blow your mind. Um, All right. Becky Lynch picked up the win here over Nikki Cross. Um, Let's move along here. We're going to get to some news here at the end of the show as well. Uh, After the match, Becky celebrated, raised her title, cross recovered, exited the ring. Miz is backstage. He's taking a selfie with Daniel Bryan. 
Oh, he's taking a selfie when Daniel Bryan interrupts, jumps in behind him. Bryan has picked uh, Jeff Hardy, and Miz has picked Samoa Joe to compete for the final Team SmackDown spot. Joe appears and stares Bryan up and down and saying he may be the best uh, and saying may the best man win. Still to come, we got Joe and Hardy. Next, we get Rey Mysterio versus Andrade, Cien Almas. Um, we were talking earlier about Almas um, not really getting an opportunity, being relegated to somebody who loses here. Um, I saw this as a moment of hope for Andrade. And I know that he didn't win, right? Ray won. Similarly, I think, to the Nikki-Becky uh, dynamic. But this was the best match he's had on the main roster so far. Definitely, I mean, you know, I got I got a little Eddie Ray Mysterio tingle, honestly, watching these two work together in the ring. And I, and I hope, it, and it didn't get him where he needs to be tonight, but I do hope these two get to keep working, can put a little fuel on this fire, and uh, this will be a chance for him to shine. Raj, what, what was your take? I know you're not real high. Uh, yeah, I, I hope so. I think I love the Andrade Cianoma, Selena Vega act. I know they couldn't have her on TV with him uh, because of her concussion, but I think it shows the difference in his character when she's not there. I thought the match was good, but he he feels a lot more special when she's with him. And I think they need they need to get her to stop wrestling. I don't think I don't think you know it it it's it benefits them. To have her as a wrestler more than having her as uh, Almas's second, and uh, same thing with Lana. I think it's not like we're dying to see Lana matches. So, but her with Rusev is such a great pairing that they could do something with. We've already seen it. Um, so, I, I think his character is hurt when she's not there. We saw that before in NXT before she became a part of his act. And I do hope, I do hope that this goes. You know, obviously everyone was thinking Mysterio and Almas, and and kind of what you said, Nick. The the Eddie. Eddie Ray memories you know, yeah. come, coming back and, and they're both ultra talented and they could do some cool stuff. I'm old school. I would have loved to have seen a build, a real feud before you see their first match, as opposed to they've already done their first match. Even if they're having a feud down the line, I, I, it, it, some of the specialness is out of it. Yeah. I mean, uh, Justin, uh, do you, do you agree? Or do you think this is a jump start to maybe something more between these two? So I agree and disagree with Raj. I agree with them that I wish they would have done a build because I do think that there could have been something to building some hype behind the first time they beat in a WWE ring and really done it as you know, you know let Almas be the heel and then talk about he's he, he he's the he's the the star now you know he he he's the star for 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 the for the you know he's a, he's the Mexican star now I think they could have built to 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 that. Um, I do agree with Raj. I, I the, the you don't know what you have until it's gone. Uh, the presentation of he and Vega is, is really good, and it did feel like you're missing something. Same thing, the presentation of Lana and Rusev together. While I understand what Raj is saying, I do have to disagree. Though I don't think it's I don't think it's wise to make a decision. Say, okay, we're not going to have Lana be a have her own end of singles career. We're not going to have uh, Zelina Vega have her own singles career. I, I kind of look at it as you know, you could think back to like a, a Sable or Alita, where yeah, they might work in the presentation of whoever they're with. But uh, if you see potential in them, not only from a from an athletic in the ring standpoint, but from a marketability, a charisma, they can be they can do the talk show circuit. They can be in movies. They you know they have sex appeal. You know you don't want to you don't want to limit that just because you're you know you, you want to capitalize on that and let them have some singles you know, have a singles career. So um, yeah, but that, but just to the almost point, definitely I did feel like there was it, I felt a little less about him because he did not have the presentation of, of Vega with, with him, but good match. To be to be uh, on the uh, devil's advocate here, a part of me did like that she wasn't there because I think it gives him a, a tougher – I don't know. There's a certain toughness when you walk to the ring by yourself to, to take on somebody there and you don't have to worry about the outside shenanigans of a manager. Um, it didn't hit me as hard that she wasn't there, to be quite honest. I, I, I like almost on his own, and I, I would like to see him toughen up a little bit, and I felt a little bit a, a little bit roughness there with her being away. Maybe <laughs> And Justin, uh, you know, I agree with your point with if so, if someone has potential to be a, a single star, but we've seen Lana for a while now. Um, as a single star, I, I just don't see it's there. And Zelina Vega, maybe if she gets some work in the ring, but right now they're they're you know they could be a hot unit. You know, you could and doing specialty matches here and there where where they tag team and stuff like that, and then eventually doing the breakup. You know, when when it's time. But I, I feel like right off the bat, he just came on the main roster. They haven't really clicked yet. It just seems early to me. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll take maybe maybe, maybe maybe Lana could be the next Jimmy Hart to Hulk Hogan. <laughs> we'll come back to this next week. And by the way, we're not done here. We're not out of the woods as far as this Ray almost match goes because right after the bout, 
Randy Orton comes out of nowhere, RKO out of nowhere, onto Rey Mysterio, fans boo, uh, and and Randy heads to the back. Okay, easy day of work for Randy Orton here. Uh, but this is the rain. This is the Randy Orton I want. This is the kind of unpredictable Randy Orton that I want. I want a feud with Randy and Ray. I think they're going to tell a really good story. The only downside here for me is that, yeah, it looks like almost is going to be left in the dust here. And Ray's going to pretty quickly spin off and go battle Randy Orton. I mean, is this the feud you want right now, Justin? I don't know if it's a feud I want. Um, I, I don't know how I feel about it. it, it you know, I, I like Randy Orton like this, but I, yeah, I don't, it doesn't really do much for me. I, I was more or less it, 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 all, out of all of this. I was actually more distracted by Ray Mysterio's ring gear. Look like he was wearing a diaper. <laughs> I don't like Ray's new gear. I don't like the cod piece look on anybody, to be fair. So I thought, I thought yeah, at Crown Jewel, his first match, he had that, that same kind of thing. I thought his second match, it's fine, but yeah, I agree. Um, Man, I, I I just think Ray versus Orton just seems like a retread. It doesn't feel fresh. It doesn't feel new. Um, you know, Ray pinned Orton when he first won the world title. When was when was that? Like two thousand three or whatever. Whenever it was. Um, I just think I just think I'd rather see Ray in a feud with Almas. I would rather him have beaten somebody else and Almas attacks Ray after the match. Um, that that feels fresh. That feels new. Orton with someone else. Um. I, I don't know who is kind of up to that spot right now, but I guess for me, it's just like, I, I, you know, I salivate at the idea of Randy Orton laying out Dominic, who's now of age and could, could take that bump. Right. I, I salivate at the idea of Randy Orton always going after that mask. Right. You know, really trying to embarrass him, tracking him down to Mexico. They're going to be in Mexico city on December 1st. You know, come on. There's a lot you can do there with Randy and, and Ray. PG, PG WWE. They don't really go that down those, you know, those routes that much. Samoa Joe went and was like, "I'm gonna take, I'm gonna murder you, AJ Styles, become the father of your children." I and mean, he didn't, and he didn't do anything. <laughs> you wore a smoky jacket. The, the, the most heinous thing he did was ring their doorbell. And yeah. <laughs> that poor child, <laughs> Samoa Joe, just standing on a table screaming at him, "I'm coming home tonight." You know. Yeah, I mean, they should at least have you know, no one's home, and he thrashes their house or something. Yeah. Just ringing the doorbell. I'm just, uh, I guess I'm just jonesing for a Dominic entrance. I really, I was so nostalgic for yeah. Dominic. You know? hey, he's trading. He's trading. <laughs> I know he is. Yeah. Um, that's why I say Randy Orton, man, just mm, lays out Ray's kid. Ugh, get it going. All right. Uh, then we go. Daniel Bryan's backstage with the Miz, asking if he sent Orton to attack Miz. Uh, Orton to attack Ray. Miz admits that Ray was impressive before the RKO, so Ray has earned his Team SmackDown spot. They argue about Smojo versus Jeff Hardy. So Ray is going to be on, on Team Survivor Series here, and it doesn't look like Randy Orton will be on that team. Kind of weird that they would do this now and, and not have them building towards a Survivor Series match to me, right? No? Am I crazy? Yeah, it is weird. Uh, unless 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 Orton attacks Ray next week and like it takes Ray off the team. Yeah. Yeah, uh, then, uh, then we see, uh, we go, uh, we get a WrestleMania 35 tickets announcement, hype for Survivor Series card. We go backstage. Uh, to a pre-recorded video uh, from AJ Styles. He's talking about beginning his reign in Manchester and says he's uh, rewarded again by getting to face uh, the Universal Champion Brock Lesnar. Fans boo Lesnar. AJ says he gave Lesnar all he had last year, and he's going to do that again this year, but the outcome will not be the same. Styles goes on and declares he will beat Lesnar at Survivor Series, and that's not a prediction. It's a spoiler because he is the phenomenal one. Um, You know, more from AJ here. I don't know if we need to really touch on that. Um, we go back to the ring. Paige is in the ring. Uh, she's here to reveal the members of Team uh, SmackDown Women's Survivor Series team. She introduces Carmella. Our truth joins her. Naomi's out next, followed by Sonya Deville, then Asuka, and then Paige reveals Charlotte, but Charlotte's music doesn't hit. Mandy Rose's does, and she comes out. And she laughs at everybody. She says, surprise, and Rose says she's obviously an upgrade. Paige says, no, Rose will not be taking Charlotte's spot on the team. Uh, Mandy Rose says she knows, but she's curious why Paige chose Sonya over her. Very interesting. Uh, Rose says she didn't, uh, she says, don't get her wrong. She's really, really happy for Sonya Deville. Uh, but she reminds us that she eliminated Sonya from the Evolution Battle Royal and says she's a little concerned about Paige's decision. She takes shots at Asuka, Carmella, Naomi. Naomi decks Rose after a shot about uh, Jimmy, I believe. Mounts her with strikes. The others try to keep them separated. Rose and Deville face off uh, as the crowd tries to get them to go uh, at it. DeVille looks like she wants to talk, uh, but Rose just leaves the ring. So we've got some 
animosity here between Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Again, one of them in a Survivor Series match, the other not. Very weird to me. Makes, it makes no sense. Doesn't. Agreed. Any thoughts on this segment, Raj? No, I agree. Didn't. Yeah. <laughs> It's weird. All right, we'll get to the main event here, and then we'll get to some news. Samoa Joe takes on Jeff Hardy. Samoa Joe uh, beats Jeff Hardy with tap-out finish, so Samoa Joe's going to join the team after the match. Joe stands tall as the final member. His music hits. Uh, we go to replays. Joe gets to ringside, gets in Brian's face, taunts him. Brian unloads. He beats Joe. Brian applies the yes lock to Joe. Very cool, by the way, he did that. Uh, Daniel Bryan laying flat on the ground and let Joe feed to him. I thought that was just a really cool transition to the yes lock. Um, and Miz runs into the ring for the save, telling Brian he can't do it. Brian attacks Miz. Shane comes out. Brian flips him. Shane, Joe, Miz all look on from the mat. Brian leaves the ring. Melee here. How will these guys ever get along? Come Survivor Series. Felt very old school to me. Um, I don't. I don't know if it gripped me. This whole episode didn't really grip me. I don't know if they knew they were up against the elections. This, and I know that Roman's out. You know obviously with the unfortunate circumstances battling cancer. So they're reshuffling the whole deck and everything. This show just didn't grip me tonight. I, I, and this, this kind of ending here, I honestly thought it made me less interested in characters that I was more interested in just weeks ago. I agree. I mean, I don't know how, how many times we've seen the same angle. Um, it was survivor series in the past. Again, uh, we've, we've said this a few times. If there was a stip, and then everyone felt strongly about them needing to win because of that step. Uh, I think that would be more gripping. It would make me more into the match as opposed to, oh, are they going to get along for this match that means nothing? I, I don't give a sh- you know, crap. I agree. Um, so, I agree. Eh. Yeah, I agree. This, Like I said, I felt like this episode was pretty easy to watch, uh, like most SmackDowns, but there wasn't anything that was gripping or overly exciting that has me wanting to tune in. Yeah, when SmackDown was over, uh, after watching that two hours, it just made me go, all right, I wish I would have gone to Raj's website so I could have read and I could have just saved myself <laughs> in two hours. Jumped, jumped over. I jumped immediately over to the elections. I was like, all right, let's see. Let's see what's going down here right now. I'm sure everyone did. But, you know, I will say, you know, as much as everybody said the elections, you know, might compete with SmackDown, the election coverage last night up until about 9 o'clock was not good. I mean, it was just speculation. I actually kind of enjoyed the reprieve of watching SmackDown and then, you know, getting to whatever the results were at the end. With that yeah, happening. I mean, the first, like, four hours, it's just like, polls are closing! Big news! Polls are closing in these states. Whatever. So, I thought this was more interesting than that, at least. Alright, let's get to some news items here to, to wrap up the show. We'll, we'll talk a couple. We'll talk as many as we get to. A uh, new episode of The Winkly drops tomorrow. I'm going to be diving deep into the news, so if you're looking for a new show, uh, join me there. But I know you wanted to chat about this, Justin. Hulk Hogan and Rusev, right? Hulk Hogan and Rusev. Well, well, that one's funny with him basically alluding to like, you know, he's going to take Lana and he says crush a mania. But the Hulk Hogan tweet that really got me was the one that he tweeted uh, earlier in the week where he talks about, he says that he looks like he, he's so big, he looks like he could beat up all the WWE roster. He says, like, he says, I've got the tweet right here. He says, okay. Today's a new day. After seeing myself on Crown Jewel, I've decided to get serious and get under 300 pounds. I looked huge, swole, jacked, and my arms are still bigger than most of the wrestlers' legs. I don't want to look like I can beat up the whole WWE roster anymore. Only love, HH. Now, I know that he is, I know that Hulk is a very old school wrestling guy. He's very carny. I understand he's always going to put himself over. He's always. Even when he's on his deathbed, he's always going to think that he could still do one more match and drop a big leg drop. I understand that. But I just think to myself, and I like Hulk Hogan you know, in terms of like, you know, I like the, the, the legacy, the wrestling legacy. Sure. Um, but don't you think it's a bit odd, Hulk, when you just came back, you got reinstated, you, you just had to kind of say sorry to this whole roster. You're trying to get them, you're trying to win them back over, you know, whether they're black, white, or whatever. And, 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 <laughs> kind of skill on Twitter and say that you look like you could beat all of them. I don't know. It's just something weird to me. And did you did you guys see Tyler Breeze's tweet? No. I have not seen the Tyler Breeze tweet. No, he, he had replied. He said, "I was going to tweet a reply, but honestly, no interest in him." So I'll say this: Our roster is talented as hell. Thanks for giving back, brother. <laughs> Later, he was saying he was he was meant Dolph Ziggler. You know, kind of tongue in cheek, but. <laughs> I mean, it's clear that was in response to Hogan. Look, I mean, H- Hogan, um, it is weird that he, he's the biggest star 
you know, in our lifetimes uh, in, in pro wrestling. And his his final matches were a couple of house shows for TNA, you know, in in the UK, uh, in England. So, yeah. And, and, and now with Sean wrestling at Crown Jewel, no wrestler has really had that big retirement match farewell, you know, without coming back. Um, you know, uh, Sean, Ric Flair, obviously had those matches in TNA. He's getting his trunks pulled down. Um, you know, The Rock never had a, a big retirement match. Steve Austin, he probably had the biggest final match, but it was never announced that it was going to be his last. So, uh, but Hogan, he, I mean, let's face it, he's not going to wrestle again. Uh, he's he can get discount coffee at Starbucks. He actually could for the last ten years. He's sixty-five, uh, technically a senior citizen. He is right. His arms are probably bigger than a lot of the main roster guys' legs, but um, you're not. He's not wrestling again. So I don't know what good it does him to put down this current roster when he just came back. It's his first appearance, um, and with a shot that clearly has some truth to it, it, it just seems stupid to me. Now here's the thing: is you know Hulk Hogan did return to Crown Jewel, but unless you watched Crown Jewel, you wouldn't know that because, to the best of my knowledge. Right. This was not referenced on Raw or SmackDown that Hulk Hogan was the host of Crown Jewel, right? No. And by the way, what a crappy host he was. He, like, came out, said, hey, welcome to the party, and then locked himself in the bedroom, right? Like, that's the worst kind of party host that I, I knew those guys at college. They're awful, right? So Could you imagine with the Emmys if that's what the host did? Right? <laughs> Just came out, did a two-minute two promo, and that was it. At least the New Day had some pageantry at WrestleMania. It came out in ridiculous costumes every now and then. And they, they introduced the Hardys. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, no, Hulk, I, it, this is it's such a weird... It, Crown Jewel seriously feels like a fever dream. Like, it doesn't <laughs> feel like it happened. Like, you know, it's like... The man, you know? It's like, oh, some of us remember it. Some of us don't. Oh, the Bernstein Bears. Oh. Yeah. Berenstein Bears. Uh, all right, I'm actually going to go. I, you know, any one of these topics I pick right now is going to take more than three minutes of our time to discuss. So I'm going to table all this. I've got a lot of guests tomorrow on the Winkley. Uh, so tune in tomorrow for a deep dive into the news of this past week. I'm talking Neville coming back on Twitter, Gail Kim throwing racist accusations at WWE, and then kind of doubling down on them. Uh, we'll talk about Triple H's surgery, the WWE buying the WWC library, Apollo Crews. So much more. Uh, check it out. Uh, before I do the full plug for the Winkley, though, Justin, where do you want to send people to find you, follow you, all those great things? At Justin Labar, all across social media, has my tweets. You can interact with me, and uh, it's got uh, links to the Chair Shot Reality, which will be up on the Wrestling Inc. YouTube channel this weekend, as well as a uh, link to my audio podcast, Wrestling Reality. And Raj, where do you want to send people to find you? Uh, Raj Gary three hundred three. One thing, I, I do, real quick, I do want to say about Triple H because a lot of people have asked about it. Yes, it's usually around six months you're out of action with a torn pec with surgery at least six to nine. T Tino Sabatelli has that same injury right now, uh, so that would mean he's you know uh, most likely out of WrestleMania. And they had clearly been teasing him facing Batista. So I don't know if Batista versus Orton has that same kind of uh, big match vibe to it. Um, but he seems like a logical other person to go to if Batista really wants a comeback match. Uh, otherwise, I don't know. Batista Rock, baby, basically got an act. You buy well, like big budget action movie at that point. You get Batista Rock together in the ring. All right, Rock's not wrestling again though. Just saying, you know. I, that, 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 unless he has no movies on the slate, uh, which is not the case. I, the, the whole insurance issue with with the Rock is is uh, you know keeps him out of the ring. Who would I like that? Batista. It would be huge though. Batista Ray would be fun. You could do a lot with Batista and Ray. That's true. There's a lot of history there. All right, guys. Uh, and yes, I'm Nick Hausman uh, at Wink Rebel, a W-I-N-C Rebel over on Twitter. Uh, like I said, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., the newest Winkly drops. It's going to have uh, Vinny Marseglia from Ring of Honor. We're going to have Johnny Impact and Killer Cross talking their final hour match uh, tomorrow night uh, for Impact Wrestling. We're going to have a clip from Nita Strauss. Got to chat with Nita for about uh, 25 minutes. We're only going to release a clip tomorrow. We're going to release the full interview next week. Uh, just before her new album's release, but really, really interesting insight from her about her time at Evolution. Uh, we're also going to have uh, Levy Margolin on, who wrote the book Trump Mania. We're going to be digesting uh, the effects of Donald Trump's carny ways in the world of American politics. And uh, also, we are going to be having on Dan Murphy from Pro Wrestling Illustrated to talk the PWI Top 100 Women in Wrestling. And Jesse Collins is too. It's just going to be a packed show. Go on iTunes, subscribe. And, and, and Lance Noy, the interview with Lance Noy, uh, Roman Reigns' cousin.
That's right. And Lance Annoy. That's right. Andy Malnowski, my co-host from last week, uh, will be presenting that interview. So just tons and tons of great audio, enough to get you uh, going to end your week. Uh, and uh, we will be on site, Wrestling Inc. Will tomorrow uh, at MLW's Chicago tapings. Uh, so we'll have news coming into that, uh, coming out of that as well. Thank you guys so much for tuning in here to another Wink Wednesday podcast. We'll be back next Wednesday and every Wednesday, 12 Eastern. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.